everyone welcome back to another episode of the hoop chat and in this episode i really just wanted to focus on the western conference and how things are starting to shape out over there as we get closer to the playoffs i mean it's it's honestly been a pretty wild couple of weeks in the wild wild west where you have the fourth seed phoenix suns all the way down to the 12th seed utah jazz all playing in very important and meaningful games that matter, you know, for whether you're either going to make the playoffs, which, as we know, with the new the new system that they started incorpor- incorporating the play-in tournament, but as we know, making the playoffs now uh, at the end of the regular season would mean you'd have to finish as a top-six seed. As of tonight, Sunday, March 26th, the top six seeds are the Denver Nuggets, one seed, with a 50 and 24 record, they are two games ahead of the second seed Memphis Gri- Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, excuse me, they're three games ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies, who have a 47 and 27 record. Um, and then you have the Sacramento Kings, who are the third seed with a 45 and 29 record. So that one, two, and three Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento. I think that's going to stay that way. Um, but then you have the Phoenix Suns, who are the fourth seed with the 39-35 and 35 record. They are a half game ahead of the fifth seed, Los Angeles Clippers, who are 39-36. and 36. They are a half game ahead of the Golden State Warriors, who are now the sixth seed um, with a 39-37 and 37 record. Uh, you then have the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the seventh seed, which means they would again be in the play-in tournament. And their situation, it's not necessarily a one-and-done because, as we know, the seventh and eighth seed, they play each other. The winner of that goes on to play the two seed. In this case, if it, the season was to end today, they would play the Memphis Grizzlies, whoever it would win between the seven and eight matchup. Eighth, by the way, are the New England Pelicans, who I was honestly ready to have a funeral for them a week ago even, and all of a sudden they are on a four-game win streak. Brandon Ingram looks good. He just had his first career triple-double with a 30-10-10 game. Um, There's news of Zion resuming basketball activity. Uh, Wouldn't hold my breath on that one, just knowing Zion's history, but I guess you can say that's something encouraging. Well, I, I just I don't I don't even know if we're really gonna see him again or not. But that's 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 news that's coming out of New Orleans. But they're the eighth seed, um, somehow, some way, <laughs> with a thirty-seven and thirty-seven record, Sid pretty at five hundred. You got the ninth seed, Los Angeles Lakers. They just lost today in LeBron's return. He was out for a month with a foot injury, and he's back. But they lost tonight. They're still the ninth seed, even after a loss with a 37-38 and 38 record. So they are a game and a half behind the Warriors, who are the sixth seed. Um, but they're tied. They have the tiebreaker, but record-wise, they're tied with the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder, who are the tenth seed right now, with a 37-38 and 38 record. They won tonight against a Portland team who has basically mailed in the season... Uh, I think it came out today that Dame is not, he basically got shut down. He's not going to play any more games. Anthony Simons has been out. Jeremy Grant, I mean, he's been in and out. So, yeah, they're, they're, 
they're just mailing it in. They're going for a lottery pick, which it makes sense if you're in their shoes. You obviously don't have a team that can win a championship. You know, you probably make the play and maybe you win one game, you might lose the second. You're probably going to lose that first round playoff series, even if you do make it. So it does make sense for them trying to go for a lottery pick. Um, quick note on them, and this will end my Portland talk, I swear. But Shaden Sharp, he uh, just came off his third straight 20-point game. So shout out to my guy there doing his thing, getting an opportunity. And there's just, again, that's the ceiling for that kid. It, there is no ceiling. I'm, I'm just, I've been high on him before the draft, and I'm still really high on him. And it's good to see him, you know, sort of, get it going there late into the season something that can translate into next year so yeah shout out Shaden shout out Portland that's enough on them but um yeah you have the Thunder as the 10th seed and then you have your 11th seed Dallas Mavericks who are 36 and 39 they just came off a loss against the Charlotte Hornets they just came off back-to-back losses actually against the Hornets and it's not even the Hornets like it's not even the full roster Hornets. You know, it's Lamelo's out for the season with an ankle injury. Trey Rozier's been out. Kelly Oubre's been out. Dennis Smith Jr. didn't play in the last game that Dallas still lost. Um, but he played in this last game. Gordon Hayward was giving them hell this game. So yeah, they're back-to-back losses against the Charlotte Hornets over the weekend. They had the loss in Golden State. Of course, that game is now notorious for the the out-of-bounds play in which, from what we've been sort of told by the league, I guess is that it feels like the league is, they usually don't admit they're wrong in these situations. At least that's how I feel. But what we were told was the ball was, this. I'm, I'm referencing the play, um, in the game Wednesday in which the Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors played. And, I, and I'll start there with the whole Dallas thing. I think we'll start from that game. But I'm right now I'm referencing the play in which uh, the play was initially called Dallas ball by the refs. It was in the third quarter. It was a close game throughout. The, the referees said it was Dallas ball. They changed the call and said it was Golden State's ball. They made that clear to Golden State, but according to Dallas, it was not made clear to them. Um, The PA announcer did say Dallas ball, so it looked like most people were under the impression that it was Dallas's ball, and I don't know. I think if you're a referee in that situation, and if you see that, you know, you clearly see that Dallas, they're on the other side of the court because they think it's their ball, and there's absolutely no one on the side of the court in which Golden State's going to inbound for an out-of-timeout play. Like, if you just see that, I feel as if if you're a referee, it just feels right. Maybe, I don't know if it's technically you're not supposed to. It gives them an advantage. But I, to me, it just feels right to stop the play. Like, hey, Dallas, it's Golden State's ball. It's very clear since you're on the other side of the court that you don't know that. You know, get back on defense and let's resume play. I just think that whole thing is so... That's just so easy. Like, that's an easy fix. And I don't know why the refs didn't do that. I think that's on them. But, of course, that leads to Golden State, you know, inbounding the ball. Jordan Poole notices right away. He's like, oh, shit, these guys are literally on the other side of the court. Let me inbound this real quick. I think he passes it to either Looney or Kaminga. I forget. Easy dunk. And then that starts the whole... Mark Cuban, I'm going to petition this. If we lose by two, they ended up losing by two. 
he petitions it. They're not going to win it, but, you know, that's that's sort of what that game is going to be notorious for. But I think that's sort of just sparing Dallas a little bit because that's a game that they shouldn't have lost. I get Kyrie was out that game, but they were leading for most of that game. And then in the third quarter, Golden State, they go on their that vintage Golden State Warrior third quarter run. But Dallas in that game, like, it was a lot of just mistakes on their end. I mean... I just can't, like, I'm trying to remember how much times I saw them give up an offensive rebound to a Golden State team that's already kind of small, too. Like, they, they had a lot of lineups out there where it was Kaminga, Draymond, and then, you know, Steph Claypool or whoever, DiVincenzo, whoever the, that third guard is with the Splash Bros. And it just felt as if Dallas just, I don't know, like, the energy wasn't there, the effort level wasn't there uh, in that Dallas game. I mean, down the stretch, it was pretty rough. They had a play where I remember Steph comes down the court. He gets the switch on to Kleba. He blows by Kleba. There's just no help defense. Steph gets an easy layup. Draymond did have a seal on that play that they pointed out, but like it just looked like no one on Dallas's, Dallas was interested in playing defense on that play. And then you couple that with what's happened over the weekend against Charlotte. Kyrie had the foot injury, which he looked really good in his first game back against the Lakers. And then he looked really good in that first half against the Grizzlies. And then Dellen Brooks stepped on his foot and he re-injured that. And he's just looked horrible since. So you have that. You have the two losses against the team that's tanking. You have Luka post-game saying that he doesn't feel like himself out there anymore. There's no joy. He doesn't really know who he is when he's on the basketball court. Like, he doesn't recognize himself. Um, just pretty pretty depressing comments from him after that. This wasn't even after the loss today against Charlotte. This was the other night when they lost Friday night against the Hornets. Um, and then he sort of referenced that there's some things going on off the court, some personal issues. Uh, but when a reporter tried to dig a little deeper into that, he just said that he doesn't talk about his personal life and everyone moved on from that. But... Yeah, you have Luka sort of in that state of mind right now, which isn't great. Kyrie, not healthy. He's had his fair share of interesting comments. I think he said after the Charlotte loss that fans, oh, if you guys, this was a, a reporter asked him about the booing that they received after the loss. And he was like, oh, if they think it's so easy, uh, I would love to see them go out there and try to do what we do. You know, typical Kyrie answer there after a pretty bad game. Um, yeah, it's just not been great in Dallas lately. I mean, it, it's sad because there was one bright spot that I was looking forward to talking about. And then it just got even worse and worse for them over the weekend. But Jaden Hardy for the Mavericks, he's been really, he's been a real plus for them lately. He's a guy that I joked around, looks like the real Jalen Brunson uh, replacement. And even when you watch him play, it's very similar to how Brunson plays. Just crafty guard, good footwork around the rim. Uh, could finish, can shoot it, you know, real shifty, kind of just smaller guy, but knows how to use his size and get good looks. Um, and he's really young. So, yeah, I mean, that's someone I was excited about, excited to talk about, honestly, on this show. And then Dallas just had the weekend they had where, you know, if you're a fan of the Mavericks right now, you're literally in the depths of hell. I mean, it's, it can't get any worse. You make the trade for Kyrie. The whole idea is you're, you're trying – I mean, you make that trade and it tells – us that you're trying to compete for a championship and you're trying to win 
You're trying to maximize the window with Luca here now on the current contract. Um, and it's been a disaster. They're three and eight together. Jason Kidd is having comments post game. I think, you know, there's some blame to go around everywhere, but I, I think Jason Kidd definitely garners some of that. He had a, a statement post game. I I mean, there's just been so much losses. I know it was over. Not this past, not today, though. It was a few, a few games ago. He said post game that um, I really just have the minutes and the roster, and I have to work with that. Sort of implying that. Like, what do you guys want me to do? Like, this is the roster that I've been dealt, and I'm kind of working with what I have, which, yeah, it's not it's not a championship roster, but it's not a roster that should be losing to the Hornets in back-to-back games and just catapulting down the standings. Like, it's not that roster. When you have two all-star starters in Luka and Kyrie, you have Christian Wood, who... I mean, some nights he's playing 15 minutes, other nights he's playing 20 minutes, other nights he's playing like eight minutes and a half. It's it's a lot of inconsistency there with him. Um, I mean, like, yeah, it's just, it, it seems like there's just a lot of just just shittiness going on in Dallas. It's, it's even hard to find the words right now to describe it. Like, it's just... It's just a big mess right now, and I don't know. I mean, they have some time, obviously, to write the ship. We still have, what, seven, eight games left in the regular season. Considering how close all these teams are in the standings, they can write the ship, and they can, they could end up being a fifth seed in, like, four days. And all of this will kind of seem irrelevant, but I think there are some real issues with this team. I mean, those Luka comments post-game, that's, like, your worst, the worst nightmare if you're a Mavericks fan. And if this... if it ends up playing out in that they don't make the plane and they just miss it all completely. It's honestly a disappointment. A point. It's honestly a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs, considering the talent level of this team and what the expectations are. But if they don't make the play in, oh my god, it's gonna get so nasty. It's going to get so so nasty. And then you have the whole you have to give Kyrie the contract in the summer, which I think you have to do if you're Dallas. Um, Because if you don't, then it's like, okay, where are we going? And now you're just risking um, even, you know, you're just risking the relationship with Luka there. And that's something you don't want to play with if you're a franchise because we've seen that shit before uh, with other superstars leaving. And when you have a guy like Luka, you don't want that to happen if you're Dallas. So, yeah, we're going to see how it plays out for them. Definitely concerning, considering that they're an 11 seed right now, and they were, and they're three and seven in their last ten. They're on a four-game losing streak. Um, their offense is, t- or yeah, the offense actually. Two stats I have for y'all: the offense in the last ten games is ranked 25th. The defense is 24th. So the defense you expect to be bad. We expected that with the trade, but we expected the offense to be. You know, at times, really, really good to the point where they're able to win most of these games and at least win enough games to stay within a top seven seed. But that's clearly not been the case. And yeah, it's it's trouble in the dirty D right now. Um, I guess some other thoughts that I had on the Western Conference teams, and this will sort of wrap up the episode. The bulk of it was really about Dallas. I wanted to focus on them. But... 
to sort of round out the West. You have Phoenix, not too much takes on them. Durant comes back Wednesday. That's the target date right now. Aiton has who's been out for a week. He's supposed to come back tomorrow. So they're starting to get healthy. And when we get a decent enough sample size on them, we can really start to assess what that team will be come playoff time. So TBD on them. The Clippers, they had the Paul George injury a few days ago, which... It's obviously a tough blow, but I'm not going to lie. When I initially saw the video, I thought he was just done for next. I thought it was a one-year injury. I thought it was one of those just catastrophic knee injuries that we don't see in these playoffs and it lingers into next season. But it's only two to three weeks, which is good news depending on how you look at it. They're they're the fifth seed right now. Kawhi's just back in that. He's back in that mode. Like He's back in that top five. You can make an argument he's the best player in the league type mode. Like, I mean, he's, he has been incredible. That game against the Thunder, they played. They ended up losing to the Pelicans. He left the game, actually, with a, with a facial injury, but they don't expect that to cause any missed time. But the game he played against the Thunder the other night, just absolute domination on both ends. I mean, he, he's just back. Kawhi's all the way back. Uh, the Westbrook experiment hasn't been terrible. It, like I'm not saying, you know, this is they they figured out something with Russ here, but he sort of just fit in. He's playing his role. He's moving more without the ball. He's cutting. He's setting picks. He's doing things that you don't normally see from him, and he seems like he's very happy. Um, he had the he had the statement uh, after the win against Oklahoma City, I think, where he was like, "I really love you guys." <laughs> he's just talking to the Clippers media members. Uh, as they were doing interviews, he's like, I, I, I just like you guys. Like that was, I think, what he said. Um, so yeah, it seems like it's good vibes with that. Uh, Bones Highland has been balling for them. Eric Gordon, he's been playing well for them. They have Norman Powell coming back off injury, so that's a team with uh, you know some pretty good depth. They expect Paul George back and Kawhi. Like I said, is back in that mold. So it's a, the Clippers team is. They're a team that you got to keep an eye out on, I think. And then you have the Warriors, of course. They, I mean, it's still, it, it feels like it's been sort of better lately, but it also still really feels up and down with them. Like, they just lost to Minnesota off a game-winner, game-winning three from Cat, But then they beat Philly the other night, in which Embiid had 46 points. Harden didn't play that game. They beat Dallas and they beat Houston the games prior to that. So they've they've looked better. The road thing is still an issue, which, I mean, you're, you're going to have to win some road games in the playoffs if you want to go far. Like, that just has to happen. And that, that still being an issue is obviously a red flag, but I don't know. Just, they're a confusing team, honestly. Still don't know if we're going to see Wiggins again. Um, I guess Kaminga has popped for me lately. He was really good in that Dallas game. He had he was scoring double digits in the first half in that game. And one thing that stood out to me was he was hitting corner threes in that game. And I think if he's able to do that, along with everything else that he's able to do as far as guarding your best player, and then it seems like he really understands the offense from a cutting standpoint and just moving without the ball and playing around Steph and Clay and with Draymond. Like he sort of knows how to play in. He sort of knows how to play in that offense, which we know could be, you know, pretty complex for some younger guys. It's partly why Wiseman was traded because he didn't, it didn't really click for him. But Wiseman seems to get that, and if he's able to knock down the corner three, which he did in that Dallas game, 
that changes that changes some things for me about that team because now you can have him out there and that if he's a threat from there and then you can play these small ball lineups with him out there with Draymond, Steph, Clay, and you know, pick your other guard, whether it's Poole or DiVincenzo or Gary Payton, if they want to go defense. He was out there tonight. He looked pretty good on that end of the floor. So yeah, him being able to hit those threes, I think just changes sort of the 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 calculus for them. And it's another thing uh, worth monitoring with that team. But yeah, just it's it's tough though when you're losing when you're winning and you just look so good at home and then you look so just horrendous on the road, it's really hard to gauge what this team is. But they're the defending champs and you obviously can't count them out. Minnesota, they just had Cat come back. Um, like I said, he hit the game winner in this game against Golden State. Uh, he played, his first game back was against Atlanta a few days ago and that was his first game since before Thanksgiving. So it was a lot of missed time for him, but he looked pretty good. Um, I mean, the movement would look... I was impressed by that the most, honestly, in that Atlanta game. For a guy to miss that much time and just come back and really move and play with confidence, and you saw that again against Golden State tonight. I was really impressed with that. Um, you know, he calls himself the best shooting big man of all time. It's it's hard to argue with the numbers, and, you know, when you watch him, he really is just knocking it down at a pretty high clip. So, yeah, it's good to have him back. Anthony Edwards is back. He was out with an ankle. He came back tonight. Um, Mike Conley has really been holding it down for them since the trade. Him and he, like him coming has sort of revitalized Gobert just because they have the familiar the familiarity. It's weird, yeah, tongue twister kind of. But you know they're used to playing with each other. Uh, going back to the Utah days, and Gobert has looked much better since the Conley trade. Uh, and even guys like Jaden McDaniels, who might make an All-NBA defensive team, he's showing more on the offensive side, which I think is intriguing, doing more off the dribble. Um, so good to see some growth there from him. Torian Prince, the other night, he had eight threes. He just missed the march himself. And then you have guys like Nas Reed out there just just hooping, man. So they, they got a lot of guys on that team, and there is talent with, obviously, Edwards and Towns. So, yeah, Minnesota, another team to keep an eye on. Just a half game behind Golden State for the sixth seed. Uh, of course, that can change as <laughs> with with all these teams. How much it's, it's just crazy how much things can change. Um, the Lakers, the whole Austin Reeves social experiment, that's been pretty funny to follow, I guess. Um, just seeing just two sides of it is either Lakers fans are calling him like an all-star basically and then you have the other side of it where fans who just hate the lakers um are just like oh this is just i can't believe what i'm watching this is the first nba in, uh industry plan it's just it's just so funny just watching the dialogue around that but from the games i've watched he actually is a pretty good scorer i'm not gonna lie like he he's crafty he knows how to draw the fouls and I, i'm you know like i know it's not great to watch it's pretty unethical it's some unethical hoops when guys are just foul baiting, but I, to me, like I always go back to blaming the way the rules are set up and allowing these players to manipulate that. Like I, I, I kind of can't blame them all the time. If it gets them to the free throw line, it gets them points. That's the name of the game, and these guys are taking advantage. So he's doing that. He's been really good for them. LeBron is back now. He missed a month, but he's back from his trip from Germany. I mean, the guy probably has a broken foot, but he's just going to He's going to play. He he didn't look great in this game, but he looked pretty good. And he's 
he's LeBron. He's gonna he's gonna get his footing. He's gonna get his wind under him, and you know he's gonna turn up for them. Uh, but again, like they they don't have a lot of room for error here because Dallas, who's eleventh, are just a game behind them. And Dallas, and the thing is, Dallas has a tiebreaker over all these teams. They have the tiebreaker over the Lakers, uh, the Pelicans. I think they have one over the Thunder. So again, them just winning two games changes this whole changes this whole conversation. But that's where we at. That's where we're at as of right now. Um, the Thunder. Uh, SGA, all NBA level, he's been really great for them as a leader too. It seems like I mean the guy's only twenty four years old, but he he really seems like he's leading that team along with the play on the court. Uh, Jalen Williams, both Jalen Williams, but really I want to start with the the forward Jalen, the wing player Jalen Williams, uh, J Dubs as they call him in OKC. He's just popped for me lately. It's just been a stock graph just shooting up the past month or so. I mean, some people are saying rookie of the year. I think it's Paulo still, but he's definitely made a case. He's made a very strong push, and he's he's been great for them. He's playing really good defense. He's hitting open shots. He can shoot from the perimeter. He can put the ball on the floor. Just a do-it-all wing, which, of course, we know is very coveted in today's NBA. And then even the center, Jalen Williams, he's able to stretch the floor out so they can play really small when they have him out there. Josh Giddy looks like he's looking for his shot more, and he already has the natural playmaking. And then, you know, you got the Dorcher Chamber, and uh, they just have a lot of guys that are really young and really fun to watch, and a very well coached team with Dagon out there. You know, they're going to add Chet to this next year. So if they make the play in, that'll be fun. If they make even the playoffs, I think they can. They can give one of these top three, four seeds like a long first round. Like it wouldn't surprise me because this team competes. So shout out to OKC. And then, yeah, that's that's where we're at right now with the West. The East, I don't really have too much thoughts, honestly. Milwaukee looks great. Milwaukee and Denver just had a, they played, I guess, Saturday. Maybe that's worth mentioning a little bit. But yeah, they played Saturday. Denver beat them. Jokic looked great. So that was definitely a, a plus for the Jokic MVP campaign. But Milwaukee, they're a great team. They are a game and a half ahead of Boston, who is starting to look good again as of late. Uh, they just blew out San Antonio. They blew out the Pacers. It's a good sign. Like, yeah, they're bad teams, but it's a good sign when you're just handling business, and they've been doing that lately. Um, Philly, Harden's been out with an Achilles. I don't know if it's worth monitoring yet, but he's missed a few games, and, you know, we know his history in the playoffs. So that's that's going on, but they're... They're pretty firm into that third seed. Um, Cleveland just chugging along at four. The Knicks at five. The Nets at sixth right now. Them in Miami. Six and seven. Miami's seventh, but they have the same record. Brooklyn just has the tiebreaker. Mikhail Bridges had another 40-point game tonight. That's his second of... That's his second... Yeah, it's his second 40-point game since joining the Nets. That's his ninth game with 30-plus points. So uh, he's been balling for them. Um, and if like you're a Phoenix Suns fan, I'm sure you're probably not even totally surprised because there were times earlier this season where, you know, there was times where Booker was out and Chris Paul was out and Monty had to ask him to be the main guy, sort of the main facilitator. And he, he was doing a pretty decent job at it. Like he was showing a lot of growth off the dribble, um, just attacking the basket, just creating his own shot, which 
It's something you hadn't really seen from him before, and now it's just completely blossomed in Brooklyn, so good for him. Miami, like I said, right behind them. Currently in the plane at 7th, Jimmy Butler. He is... He's, he's gearing up for playoff Jimmy again. He's looked really good. Kyle Lowry's back. They're slowly working him in. Um, and then, yeah, and then you have Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago rounding out the play-in. It's probably going to stay like that because Indiana, who is three and a half games back, it's, it's going to be tough to sort of make up ground there. And, yeah, that's I guess that's the state of the NBA right now. We have a really fun two weeks ahead of us. Uh this, these standings are going to literally change by the day. The MVP race is pretty close. Um, the All-NBA race is really close. It's it's a lot of... This is a really fun, a really fun ending to the regular season. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, please continue to share and subscribe. Leave a comment. We love feedback. Um, check out the other episodes we have on the Connection Media feed. We have podcasts who was Sita. They dropped a few episodes lately. Um, we have the top 10, 50 rappers of all time. Uh, the Billboard's top 50. The guys had a discussion on that. We have some Evergreen Hoop Chat episodes if you want to go listen to some of those. Of course, stay tuned. Uh, this week on the Richie and Mecco Connection feed, we'll have an episode out. We'll probably have a guest on that episode as well. And yeah, thank you guys for the continuous support and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.